This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm going to be honest. Actually, I don't know. I really don't. And if you're listening, because, uh, you know, if I, I don't know if, if potential investors uh, ever <laughs> down the road yeah, go well, back to this. You know, investors realize, should some, not some. be coming to this podcast <laughs> to do like proper research. This is not the platform for that. Please go, yes. go somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> Welcome to the worst Asian podcast where a couple Asian American millennials give you our shitty opinions on all things Asian. My name is Linji. I am still hot as hell. I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Yo, what's up, man? It is not getting any better the weather these days. No, it's it's not. It's pretty bad. Global warming is a real thing. Yeah, we're, we're fucked. <laughs> well, I guess to uh, pivot a little bit into something a bit more positive... I thought we would go forward and maybe start producing a series of episodes, each one wrapped around a staple or iconic Asian food cuisine. I like that. Yeah, we did discuss this. And maybe the most iconic Asian food of them all Mm -hmm. is boba tea. Yeah, preferred as weather. But also not very good for your diet. Oh, come on, man. It's going to be a good test of your willpower, though. You know what? I'm just going to have to wait. You know, it's my my reward, you know, for when it's all over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for when you your diet's I'm, I'm all gonna over. Do a, I'm going to get a gallon of boba, guys. Speaking of which, we've got the perfect guy on the podcast today to discuss all that with us, to dive deep into boba and to dive deep into his own actual store. Let's welcome him to the podcast. He is the CEO and co-founder of Boba Guys. The man literally wrote the boba book. Mm-hmm. Super awesome guy. Let's welcome Andrew Chow. Yo. Thank you. Burr, thank burr, you. Burr. Thank you. And a Mets fan. As I just uh, yeah. found out, a Mets fan, so you get extra bonus points from me at least. <laughs> Let's go Mets. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I, I did listen to a couple of your stuff before and I was like, oh, these guys, I'm going to have a lot of fun on this this podcast. Oh, shit. Thank I haven't you. been doing a lot of podcasts recently because I, I don't like the media, but yeah. <laughs> for this one, this is, this is like, uh, we'll see. We'll, I'm going to shoot from the hip on this. Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, we definitely don't consider ourselves traditional media. Oh, hell no. Not wow. at all. Not, not new man. media, Draymond, new media. Yo. New media. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, so game six. Yeah, man, like I played terrible when I got ejected. Yeah, that was all me. <laughs> so to get into it, can you give our audience, I guess, a quick intro on who you are and what you're about? Yeah. I mean, high level people know me for starting, me and my co-founder started Boba Guys. I'm technically the CEO, although I hate that title. <laughs> we don't franchise, so people don't know that we're we're wholly owned. My co-founder and I, for better or worse, own pretty much the whole company. We've never taken VC money, uh, mm. although we definitely should have, if I had to be honest. Um <laughs> We we did it way too scrappy for too long, yep. and then yeah. Uh, now, yeah, I'm, I'm less of a founder entrepreneur. I'm more of a CEO. Nice. Uh, my background is is corporate, so I am very kind of like stereotypically boring and bureaucratic. Yeah. Uh, but I've always been a slightly creative. As a kid from Jersey, where I grew up, that's nice. why I was a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up as a kid. Uh, I don't even. I think I remember this, but I don't. But because I was probably. Th- three or four years old. It was when the Mets won the World Series in 86. Yeah. Oh, damn. I just grew up. I swear to God, I'm not just saying this because we talked about Mets. I want to be a baseball player. And <laughs> I was a decent baseball player. I played um, in New Jersey. I was like, my mom, if I got good grades, I was able to go to Rutgers baseball camp, which was, oh, I, I think, one of the better camps out there. What position, man? Shortstop. No um, way. Shortstop, yeah, yeah. I loved uh, Ray Ordonez, Kevin Yo. This is like deep cut because... Ray Ordonez. Ordonez, Alfonso, Olerud, Edgar Ventura. Oh, oh, okay, okay. That whole, oh my Yo, God. Benny Agbayani. That was my man. <laughs> oh, Flying Hawaiian, Hawaiian yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. holy crap! All right, so we just went so deep. Half of, we just lost half of. We go from Boba to you know, the Mets. <laughs> we lost half our <laughs> listeners right there. Mets, yeah. 
don't worry. My mom's still listening. Uh, so, <laughs> no, but so I think I think what I I'm known for is that I guess. But then I'm sure you. This maybe how you guys found this. A lot of people know I'm pretty involved in Asian American. Um, I wouldn't say politics, but it's like the representation and yep, diaspora. Yep. I noticed that about you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. And you guys, honestly, I'm going to give you guys a lot of credit. You guys kind of see me and Boba guys for what we are. And I still think a lot of people misunderstand what we do. And mm-hmm. the reason why I even w- love your kind of style of podcast is that you'll find out real quick if I'm real or not. If I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, for like, sure. You know, people like to be, you know, did you like to make up shit? And I think <laughs> that's why I like long form. So I, I am more of like uh, my co founder, he's a lot more quieter. Um, so he's like, in Star Trek, he's like Spock. <laughs> in the interviews, he kind of gives that vibe. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we play off of well each other on interviews. We rarely do interviews together anymore. But I think he, he has his kind of crowd. He's kind of like super zen. So he does more like hype beast crowd, like zen, yeah. low-key stuff. He's a stoic, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more, yeah, a little bit out there. Um, anyway, so... That's kind of like the highlight. And so, yeah, we'll talk. I'm sure I, when you reached out, I remember I literally said, oh, I love Worst Asian. I would gladly take that title. I'm already <laughs> part of the problematic Asian on the internet. People are like, well, the guys, you know, Andrew always like, you know. Stirring the pot and shit. It's not even stirring the pot. Honestly, I hope by the end of this podcast, people, most people I've heard generally are like, oh, when I hear him talk, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, but when he when you soundbite him, he's 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 kind of like provocative, right? And I'm not saying that by myself. It's just what they say on the internet. So I think like I am unapologetic, and people are like, "Oh, Love Andrew's it. tight with you know uh, Andrew Gang's in town." I'm in San Francisco right now. Andrew right. Gang, Yang Gang, uh, he's in town. Yeah. So I'm not even that Yang Gang. People, I love Andrew. Andrew and I knew each other before he ran for president. Oh, Swear for real? God, he, yeah. And that's why people are like, especially if you're non-Asian, to be like, oh, he just co-signing him because, you know, he's Asian and Asian. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. he was an entrepreneur guy. Yeah, he's like, he's my dude. I fuck with him. That's tough because social yeah. media yeah. sometimes, they love their 15-second, 30-second sound bites. And if, oh, if yeah. you take someone's whole interview, you're bound to find 30 or 15 seconds. That's very controversial. Yeah. That's why I just own it now. I'm like, you know what? I'm more like, on the flip side of Andrew is obviously, I and mean, then I don't know if they let's just say brand wise, they overlap on their, their personal brands is Eddie Huang, my big bro, Eddie. Hey. Yeah. I'm more like him. I'm like very kind of like you say what's real. And yeah. I'm sure, he, I mean, he has a very strong opinions about stuff, but I, I respect all of that. And I think uh, to me, I think it's that energy. Also, he's kind of been somewhat in the public eye and problematic mm-hmm. for <laughs> certain crowds. There's, you know, Nora, um, we'll yep. probably talk about Aquafina here, or yeah. Simu's been canceled a couple times, you oh, know, yeah, like yeah. Fung Bros, JK, like, uh, you know, Bart and Joe. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, we're all problematic Asians. So, like, right. what do we do? We're the worst Asians. I, that and, you know, and you're just all East Asians that you listed too. <laughs> but, you know, like Hassan, you know, he's problematic because he called out the DOs and the right. people, right? Mm-hmm. So, I just think, I think worst Asians honestly just generally means you just yourself and then yeah. everybody has quote unquote like a, a side of yourself that not everybody loves and yeah that's just being human and who you are so yeah, i would say own it exactly just to being real you know that's actually why when we started this whole series of talking about iconic staple asian cuisines and we came upon boba it was kind of an excuse just to talk to you overall because i had kind of seen what you were doing in the scene prior to it now i was surprised i saw the boba book for some reason, I didn't even realize you guys were the ones involved with it prior to diving deep into <laughs> yeah. research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why when I was diving deep into the history of Boba, I didn't even realize you probably already knew more than me and I didn't have to waste hours on the internet just Googling all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, that just comes from being Asian and everybody, you know, Asians like to one-up each other. And right. so how many times, if I had a nickel, I'd have one like full... Well, I don't even have Bitcoin really, but like I have one full Bitcoin for every time somebody said to me, yo, Andrew, have you tried this? Do you even go to Taiwan? Do you go to China? Like, do you speak Chinese? Yeah. You know, Asians just like to look for ways. Maybe not all Asians, but like I know what you people mean, like just are trying to get at you. You're like, oh, you think you're the Boba guy, right? Yeah. I'm like, first yeah. of all, that's just the name of the company. I didn't really say that I'm like the Boba guy. It's weird. It, nobody says that about themselves, but 
because of that, I had to stay sharp. You should probably just carry your book around and just if someone questions your credentials, <laughs> yeah. you can just like flip out the book. Hey, dude, I literally wrote the book on Boba. I, you know, the old me, the the canceled three times me would probably <laughs> do that. I've have a, an agent who tells me you should just stay less provocative. Oh, try to stay in your lane. Yeah, you know, shut up in in Boba. Shut up in Boba. <laughs> I don't. I'm just a CEO, and I don't know anything. I'm stupid. I don't know culture. So that's kind of where I'm going right now. Uh, that's always tough because when people ask you to stay in your lanes and then you're genuinely interested in talking about other topics, that's a tough situation to be in. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but I guess we can kind of get into Bobo Guys overall. How does a guy like you, would you call yourself a tech bro? Oh, no. I mean, that's a great question because I am from San Francisco, but I've never done... I've never been a tech guy. Um, ben is a little more techie than me. Mm-hmm. I actually... I'm like a super big marketing psychology nerd the business side of it okay yeah actually it's like well, you're from san fran you're asian oh dude tech by default oh, tech come on. <laughs> i know yo let me guess google bro i know do you see me wearing a north face jacket right now you know like where's your oculus bro <laughs> so how did you two find yourselves doing the boba then like what led you to boba out of all things i'll give you guys the real real cut story like because we talked about jersey and queens before this yeah. i grew up in new jersey right mm-hmm. and around my neighborhood it was uh, Woodbridge is where I'm from. Okay. So it was Jewish and Italian and maybe Eastern European, like Hungarians. Mm, yeah. And so I grew up never being seen, all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure you guys have covered it because I've, I've heard a couple episodes where people talk about, quote unquote, appropriation, where Asians take other cultures. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of just address that real quick. What does it feel and look like when I'm watching TV? And I didn't even back then, we didn't have that many channels, right? No, of course not. I'm like, I had seven channels on all seven channels. Yeah, yeah. I never saw an Asian person. And so if I was looking up to somebody, I'm looking up at an alternative, like some white band or Third Eye Blind or <laughs> Third Eye. Shout out to Third Journey, Eye Blind. Journey. Journey. Yo, good at karaoke choices. Bon Jovi. Good karaoke choices. Now we lost the other half of the audience right now. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm bringing the karaoke audience. Now everybody, all, all the Asians are like, oh, I know, uh, you know, Don't Stop Believing and Bruce Springsteen. There you go. So either that or my kind of like brashness and maybe my, my boldness, I gravitated toward like Will Smith, like Fresh yeah. Prince and yeah. in Living Color. And I used to watch, you know, like so many Asian Americans, like 106 in Park and watch my friend now, MC Jin on it. Yo, I was remember like, that. Freestyle Fridays. Yeah, right? And he was like, I had to download real media players. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nostalgic train today. Yeah, for real. But, and then, but people like to say now, they're like, oh, you know, you, you, you guys are taking for culture. I'm like, Dude, like there's so much. We I come from a world where everybody got along. You know, I had yeah. friends who who were who are black who were like Wu Tang fans for obvious reasons that oh would always brought, bring up Wu Tang to to me because I look Asian or mm-hmm. I am Asian. Yeah. And they were trying to find ways to be to connect. Connecting. And I vice versa knew my my hip hop and my R and B really well. Yeah. So that to me was how I felt like I grew up. So going back, when I moved to California it was almost the opposite. You know, I grew up then in Daly City, South San Francisco. Ironically, I just saw Joe Coy's new film last night. And I was with Joe and he filmed it really about uh, the writer, our friend Ken. Mm-hmm. He really picked up the Bay Area culture, especially Filipino scene, mm. super well. Because where I'm from, I'm not Filipino, but a lot of that kind of like energy was captured really well in the film. Mm. And so to me, I felt like that's how I grew up. So when I thought if I were to do a a project with my co-founder, what would we do? And right away, we both went to, he grew up in Texas. We both went to, let's do something that's like a commodity. So that's usually clothes, food, Mm. something lifestyle driven. And if we can make Asian stuff cool, and bring people together over something that would quote unquote be very simple, mm-hmm. we might actually be able to use our normal skill set of storytelling and marketing better. And that was the premise of Boba Guys. And I never, this is the first time I actually explained all of that yeah, at yeah. once. Because you can tell, like, sometimes when I get to certain topics, I'll get a little bit passionate because yesterday I remember Joe was giving a conversation at dinner about how other comedians, you know, he's Filipino, right? Yeah. And he couldn't get a certain Netflix special and he had to pay for everything himself. But other comedians who were just different races were like, Oh, that's easy to get a Netflix special, but he's selling out theaters, but he won't. Oh wow. I felt the same way when I was going up to landlords and you know, people give us credit a little bit for like maybe making Boba popular. Mm-hmm. What I would say is that's awesome. And I appreciate a little bit of that to me. I was like, you know, what was harder 
it was me convincing landlords, usually white, usually white men. Yeah. You know where Boba Guys is put? We're put into like in New York, it's Soho, in yeah, Lower yeah. East Side, right. in Culver City, in San Ramon. We're in neighborhoods in which they actually normally don't talk to Boba operators. Mm-hmm. And they think you're bringing a crowd that is just teenagers who, who kind of like gotcha. are like riffraff and all this stuff. And that right. stereotype bugged me. And I would have to make these presentations and pitch and say, no, we will probably outsell most coffee places that you have in your same plaza or For real, complex. Yeah. And we're going to make it, you know, cool. But then if I say too cool or too elevated, then the Asian people cancel us. And they're like, no, no, no. They sold out. They sold Boba to white people. Yeah, it's yeah, to yeah. me, I'm like... How do you think I convinced landlords to do that? So while we've been building inside these these kind of like out of the Asian enclaves and into these more, I would say, like diverse and, and kind of like intersectional kind of uh, properties and, and places that are kind of, quote unquote, we could say mainstream now, mm-hmm. but I, I hate that word. Yeah, It was because now we have that platform. We slip in just like... I look up to Eddie or Joe Coy and Ronnie Chang. They slip in real culture. Yeah. And they're like, I got white people drinking ube, you know, yeah. or pineapple cakes, feng li su. Yeah. I sell more pineapple cakes than almost anybody that's not a Ranch 99. Yeah. And so that to me, you know, I, I, and, I, and not to say like, I feel bad for my, my white friends and non-Asian friends because sometimes they feel like they can't even talk about culture because of their skin color and i'm like oh because they feel like they're gonna get some they're gonna, yeah or get canceled and yeah, shit. yeah yeah it sucks anyways <laughs> that's the real premise of why we started and thankfully after a decade people like you guys really the ones who got us allowed us to use our platform in that way mm-hmm. and i think now it's like what do we do to bring up the next gen i'm sure you guys seen we, we try to bring up the next set of artists right. next set of small business owners so that's my favorite part now i love that Including you guys. I love seeing some of the guests you guys have. And, and some of them, like, oh, I, I've seen them kind of around in, you know, different, uh, like on Instagram and they're part of like local networks and stuff. Right, That's right, cool. Right. You know, it's crazy. Like, when we look at your company in particular, it's more than just a boba place in general. Cause I look at all the charity work that you're doing, um, balls for all. Oh, wow. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's still on your website, though. <laughs> it is, but that's that's not even like the main part. That, yeah, yeah. That, you would have to go into like two pages to get to. That's our community page. Right. Balls for All is essentially our community page where we try to make, uh, give our balls, our boba balls, <laughs> for all. We try to basically get out there in the community. So we do these things every year where we, we usually do around the holidays, but we do, you know, volunteer events. We, we actually used, we're known for hiding gift cards and money throughout the cities. Oh, wow. People would chase them down um, until they started figuring out our pattern. (laughs) Swear to God, one time somebody roughly knew where we were going and they followed me to (sighs) where the site was. And before I could post on Instagram, they already grabbed me. It's just some guy stalking you outside your store. Yeah, he's like behind the bushes. He's just shit. waiting. He's like, okay, Andrew's leaving. He's got a yeah. hand stack full of gift cards. We're just going to trail him it's a like, little bit. Yo, he's got those Amazon gift cards. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably were. I mean, I'm sure there was like, these fans are kind of crazy. Well, during that day, we were dropping them on different sites. So they kind of knew what sites were left oh. that we hadn't gone to. So it was a little bit of like Asian Encyclopedia Brown <laughs> detective work. Or they're like, well, they went to the Richmond and then they went to <laughs> Richmond's Wharf. Where else do they have stores but have yet to be, you know, like I, I it was kind of that kind of stuff. The internet is a weird ass place sometimes and you get a lot of creepy people, but they uh, are yeah, collectively very smart. They'll figure it out, man. Yeah, they'll figure everything out. <laughs> as far as marketing your particular thing, because at least I know here in Flushing and in Chinatown, there is an over surplus of boba shops. It's gotten to the point where sometimes I'll literally go out to Flushing one week and I go the following week and there is like one or two new bowl places being constructed. Yeah, seriously, yeah. How do you penetrate that whole saturation of shops popping up everywhere? Great question. You know, the you know we have some boba guys is where there's a lot of boba shops around. So I think of we have some place called the Fillmore where there's a lot of boba shops around that area. We have a store in I would argue you know Oakland or places where there's a decent amount of Asian population. Yep. Where we used to kind of not mind that, and and this is where I think some people do not believe this is that mm-hmm. most people don't realize is that we actually because of our ability to draw traffic, we're, it's called an anchor tenant. Yeah, yeah, of course. We get free offers to kind of build out stores inside buildings all the time. Landlords huh. like throw money at you to kind of build your store there, uh, including San Francisco Chinatown. So I know a lot of, because oh. I'm a local, 
and I've got everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the supervisors or the, the local kind of um, nonprofits and this woman, Betty, who's really kind of like the queen of Chinatown. She's yeah. always like, Andrew, how come when you can't build a flagship in San Francisco, Chinatown? Mm-hmm. And we turn those down all the time. The main reason why is because I am very aware that when we come in, we tend to knock out certain people. Oh, wow. We have stolen a lot of our business from boba connoisseurs and, right. and boba shops and coffee. So we kind of take a hybrid of two different types of industries, which is how we comprise our market. Right. Because of that, as we've gotten bigger, I have stayed away from quote unquote boba markets. Right. And I just want the public, you know, I never really talk about this ever. Like I just turned down one recently and it was because uh, it was in LA and there was a lot of great boba shops there. And I know I think we would do well because we mm-hmm. were so differentiated. The problem is I just don't want more and more stigma where if Andrew talks about small business, like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like as Asian Americans, like you kind of want Boba guys to be the one that kind of like, you want us to be, I hope, you know, the Simus and the Eddie Huangs and the crossover Boba shop yeah, and let, you know, our friends at, you know, Seven Leaves and Boba Mofo, they do Asian stuff really well. And I don't need to put myself next to uh, Phil, Phil and, yeah. and Eric from Boba Mofo. They're amazing. And shouts to them. We helped them start it actually. We're here to grow the pie. You mentioned the whole book. There was a big debate on whether or not we call it like the Boba Guides book or the Boba book. Mm-hmm. We knew that it was the first book by any major publisher for sure. We were at Penguin Random House. And so I told our editor who you know does Chrissy Teigen. Francis Lamb is one of the most well-known editors in all of food. He's on, you know, has his own show himself. Yeah. He's on Chef's Table. I told Francis, I said, I don't know what your take is, but I actually want to call it Boba Book because I think it's a little presumptuous that people know what Boba Guys is in the rest of America. That's true. And if we're in a Borders, Barnes & Noble, Amazon bookstore, I want them to see it as the Boba industry and that other Boba shops carry our book and not feel weird about carrying the Boba Guys book. That's and true. When I visit, I go to all Boba shops. I was just in Europe and I went to all these different Boba shops and some of them actually know who we are and they were like, oh, I have your book in the back. Oh, that's wow. sweet. My favorite story was Madrid. This woman... I walked in and she knew who it was. And I was like, I lived in New York City. I went to school there. You guys inspired us. And now I have a shop in Madrid. And she's like this Taiwanese Spanish woman. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome, a, man. That's amazing. I was like, what? I was just so blown away. And I was yeah. like, that's the stuff that gets me. I'm a little sappy. Like that is why it's worth it. <laughs> right. I didn't sell the company for a reason. At this point, it's definitely for culture. It's crazy to think that you're touching yeah. a random strangers yeah. in Madrid, right? That's probably the highlight. For the culture, I, I totally understand that. It's different. It's not about the money at that point. It's like, wow, I'm actually doing something you here. You know, going back to what you said before about not taking VC money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what you just said about making a conscious choice not to put your store in places where you might sap up some of the business from small mom and pop shops. But do you think if you had taken some VC money and you had lost some control that you would have then been forced to go into those markets? Ooh. That's a good uh, professor of business question, (laughs) let me think. No, because you have the choice now to, let's say, not make as much money for the betterment of the community and other small businesses. I think you're right. Yeah. I was just in a staff meeting and we're talking about our Newport Beach store. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you know anything about Newport Beach, you can watch Orange, you know, OC and (laughs) and watch all these MTV reality shows. In that area, it's, let's just say, not very Asian. And I took a risk. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little soft. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. And my, my head of retail, Lindsay, was like, how do we staff that store? You want to increase hours, but it's kind of soft. If I had VCs, I know they would be on my shit right now saying, close that store, do something with that store. Yeah. For me, it's a long play. And I told head of retail this like two days ago, I was like, Lindsay... Let's maybe maybe get some marketing behind it and let's introduce us to the community a little bit more. You know, maybe they think Boba is like, I don't want to like call out specific demographics. So it's just very white in Newport Beach, right? Yeah, 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 of course. So um, you watch Laguna Hills and, uh, and OC, right? <laughs> All these <laughs> the 90s OC. references. I know, I love it. And she, my, my head of retail is actually not Asian, right? So I was like, Lindsay, maybe just, they just think Boba is not like a healthy thing and they think it's like this sugary and, but they're going to a Starbucks down the street and a blue bottle across the street from us. Yeah. I can't imagine that they can't see that we're no different than a Frappuccino. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. But we're called Boba Guys. So there is this stigma that Boba is unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I think I said, we have work to do. And I think that is why we do what we do. And so until we have these stakeholders, I'm not saying we won't ever raise money, but until we have are forced to kind of do that, mm-hmm. you're right. I think I'll take more of those risks about Newport Beach 
than put a store in St. Gabriel Valley, which I know would kill it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really, I never thought about it that way. Because you were saying, you know, before you maybe regretted not having taken uh, some uh, VC money earlier, but there you go. Small, minor, little plus. And I guess that kind of answers my follow-up question that I had, because I was going to ask why there's no Boba guys in Flushing, Queens. I would argue being a native Flushing person that Flushing is the Mecca of all Chinese cuisine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No argument. Plus, you have the Mets right there, one the train Mets station right away. There. So, Yeah, put it in City Field. <laughs> put it in City Field. Put it inside City I've been Field. Wanting, you know, the GM of the Mets, the president, actually, sorry, San, is Sandy Alderson. Sandy Alderson used to teach undergrad at where I went, Berkeley, Haas. Wow. And he would teach a sports marketing class. Oh, for real? I think he, he remembers me, I think, as the Asian dude that was wearing... <laughs> I used to wear... I'm in Cal, right? Which is California, but I grew up, as I mentioned, in New Jersey. Yeah. And I'm a diehard Mets fan. I remember when I first went to college, which is, I'm aging myself, 2000, the Mets went to the World Series and it was a Subway Series. Subway Series against, yeah, against the Yankees. Remember that? Yeah, man. So I was wearing like Mets on the Cal campus, you know, and I represent, this is why I think maybe I'm a little bit more come off passionate is that in New Jersey and you're kind of like the armpit of like, (laughs) we didn't say that, we didn't say that, but you know, (laughs) New Yorkers always like to shit on Jersey, but (laughs) I know the Hamilton lyric is like, Oh, everything's legal in Jersey. (laughs) There's a whole movie garden state about wanting to get out of the state. Right. Yeah. Good movie. Go watch it guys. (laughs) I don't know how young your guys' demo goes, but, uh, Watch it if you're like an Asian hipster listening. Like, go watch it because you'll you'll sound retro for sure. Oh, if you're an Asian, it's- great soundtrack. <laughs> I remember when that guy invented a uh, silent Velcro. Remember? Oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's how that's how he became mad rich and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? I just remember. I remember when City Field first opened up. Maybe this is a um, Mandela effect, but I swear yeah. they had a Taipan. What? Inside City Field. There's like a grocery corner. No, because it's gone. I think it was gone after season two in City Field. But there was a Taipan inside. Like a Taipan bakery. It's not the Mandela effect. Maybe that's possible, right? Maybe sometime in the future we'll see uh, Bobo guys inside a City Field. I would love to... Let's just say there's another stadium that is ownership is actually Asian on the East Coast in which we know them. He's like my uncle. Oh, Different sport, but we, we've been talking. We've been talking. We've already worked with That's them. That's a lot of obvious hints. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, my deduction skills. I wonder who it could be. Talking about starting up Boba Guys with yourself and Ben. Has there been one worst moment, one worst experience to the whole starting your own business process? It could be something from yesterday, something from day one. Oh, for sure. I would say it's a, a period in which... Uh, do you ever... You guys watch Ted Lasso? Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to say no. Yeah, but, okay. right? A super amazing show. Nominated like 20 Emmys this year. Mm-hmm. There's this concept of Ned. Ned is like this... It was like this like water boy yeah. who Ted Lasso sees potential in him. Ted Lasso was like this joke of a coach, good at college football. Goes to the UK to coach a football team. He does he knows nothing about soccer. Okay, okay. And so he essentially bets on this water boy. And over the course of two seasons, that water boy becomes an assistant coach. And he's actually talented in seeing stuff. Mm-hmm. But he feels like Ted, the coach starts to forget him and not and take him for granted when reality ted is just letting him be his own person and growing Mm. and i think that's such a strong analogy i watched that episode and i cried i bawled my eyes out because that's such a found i have so many founders talk about that scene when ned kind of betrays ted and i even get emotional because i people don't realize i've had over 1500 plus employees come through we call them team members the company And, you know, not everyone's going to love their experience, but Mm -hmm. when people saying shit on the internet or say straight up lies on the internet, lies. And that's why I'm sitting, my agent, if she's listening, is going to say, don't release it (laughs) because I'm going to, I'm going to wait, save this for the book. But I have like so many fucking receipts that they're like straight up lies. And people are like, you think people are going to lie to the journalist? I'm like, yep, here's this receipt. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting on two, true story. I have two defamation lawsuits that I'm holding back. Because if I do them, people are going to see that as bullying. They're going to make you look bad. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you they're Neds. Most of them. Not all of them. Some of them, I think we have true mistakes where I think we we should have had better management or systems. Okay. But 90% of them, 80% of these, like they're just Neds. And that hurt the most because you bet on them. You you bet them when nobody else bet on them. And you saw value and talent. Right. Yet, you know, when they are gone and out of the ecosystem, like they just flounder. It's like the Warriors. I really look up to the Warriors too because, you know, like you have these players that 
kill it. And like Andrew Wiggins and all these players that kill it in the system. But when they leave, they kind of like flounder. And that to me is like the, the Ted Lasso kind of story where right. he, he is highly trust driven. And he, it's funny because he's also like, I kind of relate in this way where, you know, as CEOs are not, we're not most popular people out there. And especially my style of kind of leadership is mm-hmm. like, people are like, well, he projects his like, he's a little bit of like, I'm a type A, right? So he's like, oh, he's, he thinks about perfection. He thinks he's like a hot shot. I'm like, dude, if you actually know me, I talk about anxiety and I'm like super vulnerable, yeah. but like, you kind of like, you know, but that's just, that's on them. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, like what I really like about Ted is that it's one of the few times in pop culture in which the kind of like the, the head or the dunce character mm-hmm. and the, the kind of like dad like figure isn't the butt of the jokes. He's the butt of the jokes kind of, but he's aware of what people think of him and he turns it on people versus like if you're watching modern family like phil dunphy or ross from friends <laughs> ross from friends they're usually the butt of the joke yeah and they're not in on it ted is in on it and so he knows he's getting fucked he knows people are betraying him he knows he's people are laughing at him and thinks he's like a fish out of water yeah but he like uses that and say well i know what you stereotype me as i'm gonna change your opinion and he does it in such a subtle way that I look up to that. Yeah. It's like um, there was that scene in Ted Lasso where he uh, reenacted the Alan Iverson practice scene. Oh, yes. You remember that? Yes, yeah. yeah. And oh, my gosh. This is all YouTube cut. right yep. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> I, when you get a chance to watch it, I, I didn't know what to expect. But when you watch it, I was like, holy crap, the way he was able to like turn it into mm-hmm. into something serious and actually send a message yep. to yep. the player. I was like, wow. Yep. Ted Lasso, watch it. All right, so getting off of references that I do not understand or that I cannot relate <laughs> with. Let's, let's, go back to, let's go back to the Mets. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to be serious for a little bit, where do you see you? Where do you see Boba guys? What's the long-term end goal? Because uh, it sounds like you've got a lot going on in your mind uh, yeah. as far as what you want to do personally, I see, and what you want the company to do going forward. So this is a very, I guess, very, very broad question. Because I, I, I mean, I just met you guys but I know we vibe because we were looking at each other's content over the last few weeks is that I, I'm going to be honest. Actually, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I really don't. And if you're listening, because uh, you know, if I, I don't know if, if potential investors uh, ever <laughs> down the road, yeah, go well, back to this. You know, investors like, some, should some. not be coming to this podcast <laughs> to do like proper research. This is not the platform for that. Please go, yes. go somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> this is not good for your diligence. No, no, so no. you're an analyst listening Due diligence is not here. Yeah. You're DD waiving your due diligence period by listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. And that's a reason why I haven't taken money because usually when you take money, you have to have a strong vision of like, here's what I want to do. I haven't sold a company. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys know at our size, 20 plus stores, a factory. Uh, we, we invest a lot of me- in media companies and CPG companies. Yeah. We usually could would, would flip it by now and I'd be retired. Uh, but they, my co-founder and I, the one thing that we still believe in, and you could tell uh, by the way I even write on the internet, is that I do like teaching, I like coaching and mentoring. I definitely get that vibe, for sure. So as long as Boba Guys exists, I have a little bit of a platform. Huh. So I like that. And I think that to me is maybe as long as I still have people, as long as I'm still effective, I'll do it. So if I'm a shitty leader... If people stop listening to me or think that every time I say something or every time I write something, they're like, no, I don't agree with you or whatever, right. then I might be like, you know what? Maybe I lost it. Maybe I'm kind of out of touch. So you're just playing a day by day right now? I am. And that's a horrible answer though. No, but it's that's, not. That's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, you're just taking it for what it is. I've like randomly yeah. stumbled upon like like a vlogger. Oh, yeah? She works for you guys. Who? She does? Yeah, I forget her name though. I just saw it while I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. But the thing I noticed though was that everyone that was there, they were just like vibing. They were happy. Like they genuinely Aww. looked like they love being there. That's cool. So, you know, I don't think, you know, you're not being a tyrant, man. I think you're being a good leader, man. You're Ted Lasso, bro. You're being Ted Lasso. I still don't get this Ted Lasso reference. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I'm not doing a great job a lot of times. You know, I have 600 employees and I just, any given day, I feel like maybe 20 of them think I'm this like out of touch fat cat who's collecting checks. Right, and, right, yeah. I mean, I, right now, I don't think people can see it unless you're going to do the video of this is that I'm literally in a store right now because today's field Friday. So it's a Friday today, the way we're recording on a Friday. And I, you can hear my espresso machine yeah, grinder yeah. going. Yeah, right I now. just heard it. Yeah, we can just hear it. <laughs> Here's a real, this is not like effects. It's in, not a green uh, screen, right? 
Yeah, but you know, I love being you know with the team, and then like I'm I'm always asking them. Uh, we had a big menu switch this week, so that's also why I'm in stores. I'm like, yeah. so what do you think of the new menu? What are, what are the what are the guests? Uh, what we call it, guests or customers? Some feedback. Think of the new menu today, and then because they know I'm always around. You know, I think there's buy-in, and to me, here's here's what I always tell people about leadership. People are like, oh, well, Andrew, thanks for doing that, and I always say, oh, that's my job. And they're like, oh no, but really that. Thank you for this. And I said, well, here's how you, if you want to repay me, quote unquote, here's what I think is that right now, my job is really to take care of you and the company. That's literally my job. It's what it's kind of like what a CEO has to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you really want to repay any good leader back, what you would do is you pay it forward. And here's why mm. there's this quote that they always say, it's a short kind of like phrase where it's like leaders build leaders, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm on my deathbed, and then somebody who's like a nurse or something takes care of me, wipes my ass because I'm too old, you know, like, but they're going to be like, oh, aren't you like the, one of the founders of this company called Boba Guys back in the day? And I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, well, I have a boss who worked for you. And she would tell me all these stories about how you led and this nursing room or whatever has a lot of that culture that you built 20, 30 years ago. And I'm a product of, you know, whatever her name would be, like Sarah. Yeah. And... I heard so much from about you from Sarah to me, one leader built another leader who built another person to me. And then it comes back. That is what I think most leaders and my peers that really love leadership. That's what we look for the most. I want to not know that I took care of you because I know you, but that when you went off after Boba guys, it did something really amazing, which I have a lot of alumni that I, I talk to still to this day. And I had one situation in which this is a true story is a direct report of one of my alumni mm-hmm. did actually catch me on the street and say, I heard from this girl. She used to run your store. I was like, oh, I know what she, you were talking about. Oh, you work for her now. But yeah. She's like, she talks about you so much at work and I could see why. And I just want to thank you for making her oh, wow. who she is. That literally almost, I literally teared up when she was telling me this because the first time it ever happened. That was just during the pandemic. What you're talking about is sometimes we all, whatever we're doing, whatever field we're in, sometimes right. we're all striving at the end of the day to touch someone and to make the world in our own separate, you know, little ways, a better place. Yeah. I think, uh, what was it? Like, was it Elon Musk or Warren Buffett? They were saying like, when they look for like leaders or who they want to like be, they want people that genuinely are passionate about the people and the team. Yeah. Not like, oh, let's get that check. That I agree. Yeah. I'm surprised if Elon said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know if Elon's known as the best people manager, let's just say. He's a visionary, but people manager, I don't know if that's his name. Hey, uh, you know, he's repopulating the earth, you know, with his staff. So, uh, you know. <laughs> so is his father? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like oh, how his gosh. father said the oh, same gosh. thing as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get back onto the topic at hand a little bit. Do you mind if we spend a couple minutes just diving deep into Boba in general? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah. so you are the author of The Boba Book. Now, I tried to look for exactly where Boba all started. Everyone can agree that it started in Taiwan. Now, there are these two places in Taiwan. And I saw in your book, you had actually <laughs> yeah. had the pleasure of interviewing people from this. Your Chinese yeah, yeah. is probably better than mine. So I'm going to butcher this. Um, Han Ling Tea Room and Chuan yeah. Sui Tang. Those are yep, two, yeah. I guess, according to mythos, they're the two people that kind of go back and forth as far as who started Boba Tea. Oh, you got yeah. a chance to talk with these people at these stores? How did that go? Yeah. Good. It actually was surprising. I, I, the part that I wrote about in the book, which is a little bit not the full story, but you know, it makes it more sexy to write in a book, is that they don't really care, honestly. Between them, it's just a marketing ploy. Oh, the battle actually helps both of them. So it's like saying, you know, uh, Android or uh, iOS gotcha. benefits for both of them. It's like when you people get to choose which team are you. Yeah, Team yeah. Jacob or Team Edward from Twilight. I don't know where that reference NSYNC came from. Sync or Backstreet Boys. Yeah. All these references. You know, know, it grows the pie generally because it Mm. it creates this fandom, right? I think, you know, Hanlin Taiwan, which is the one from, I think it's from Tainan, which is the southern part of Taiwan. I think, in my opinion, I think they did tea a little better. They're known more of a tea room. That's kind of the name, Hanlin Tea Room. And so to me, I think Sun Sui Tang, which is the the, the Taizong one, which is uh, this middle part of Taiwan. Yeah. I think what they did is they probably, they did the shaking the foam boba, right? People think it's bubble tea because the boba is bubbles. It's actually not true. It's the shaking of the, the milk tea that creates the foam. And then they, I think Chun Sui Tang also added the tapioca, but the dessert culture was already big in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia in Malaysia, in Singapore even, they had this idea of adding like sago and, and pudding and stuff inside drinks in dessert, yeah. soupy things. 
So I think the combination of that is probably what was combined at Twin Sui Tong. And then I think they just kind of did it roughly around the same two, three year period. In my opinion, I think Chun Sui Tong just marketed it better. Mm. I just do think CST, Chun Sui Tong marketed it better, became more popular. And therefore, kind of now most people say they're the winner of it. But there is no true creator, right? Because these things never happen in one instance. No one person makes this. It's a combination of different factors from the region. Who's to say? Maybe there was like a little auntie in like 1979 and she made the exact same drink back in her home. Exactly. I don't think Boba Guys was the first to make like high-end premium boba or elevated boba, whatever you want to call it. I I think, you know, there's probably in New York, you know, Saints Alps, which I love going to in St. Mark's Square. Yeah. I felt like did high-end boba, artisanal boba before we did. Yeah. What I think what we would do is I don't think we were the first. I think we were kind of like the first to hit it. And then we hit our storytelling really well. Yeah. Marketing was definitely on point. But I don't know if we were the first. And I, I admit that all the time. How'd you guys come up with a name? Very uh, yep. creative name. <laughs> Must no, have taken a lot of boring. hours and days and uh, lab research. <laughs> like us too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, I love it. It's similar. It's like who you are. We're just like Boba guys. And we felt like, you know, there was Halal guys and Five guys at the time. We had thought of different names, but we knew ultimately we want to make boba accessible to everybody. It's why our even our design and motif is very kind of like coffee driven. It looks like a coffee shop instead of a boba shop. Cafe mm. culture, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't want a cute name. You didn't want a cute name? You know, like they had all these tea puns. Almost every boba shop has like a tea, you know, I don't even want to name them because people are going to think I'm shading them. <laughs> they're great. I go to them. People know if you follow my Instagram, I go to other people's boba shops more than I go to my own. I've seen, yeah. For me, what we serve and our purpose is to kind of bridge cultures and kind of let people into our, our world. I love that. So in order to do that, we made it more accessible. I like that. Ultimate question. I failed to ask this in the beginning. Is uh, it boba or is it bubble tea? Oh my God. You know who I literally, I'm going to say this because it also sounds like, what well, on the internet people know we're close is like I... Our boy Simu literally has been saying this on every freaking podcast. And he hosted the Juno Awards in Eastern Toronto. And yeah. out there, they say bubble tea. And I'm like, yo, stop calling it that. <laughs> I literally texted him after I saw it. Uh, Maybe he's just trolling you at this point. just saying it on yo, purpose. Imagine. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he basically is like, dude, I'm Canadian. You know, like, <laughs> come on. So, And you probably know the origin of boba or boba. Boobs. Yeah. Is boobs. Yeah, you know that, right? So... I personally think, not to sound like, prior to Boba Guys and kind of our ecosystem blowing up, I do think it was like 50-50 bubble tea and boba. Yes. I do think through us, and we used a lot of media, right? We knew people at Vogue, New York Times, and anytime a journalist would write about it, and we knew a lot of the journalists, I would specifically tell them off the record, I'd be like, if you call it bubble tea, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I like like that. (laughs) Joke's on you, Andrew. I'm going to title this episode, What is Bubble Tea? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. <laughs> then uh i think it's fine now fine now uh, i just think back then that was like what it was and that's honestly you know for me it was a little bit of a culture thing another reason why is like something we want to do is we want to think th- make things normal right right mm-hmm. so we wanted korean banana milk that we did normal we wanted to do hoji cha make that normal right now we have a drink um if you speak any of the chinese dialects we have a drink we would say in English, uh, Iron Goddess. It's a oolong, right? But in, in Mandarin or Cantonese, it's a gumyam or a tieguanying. So, like, if you look at our menus, they literally says tieguanying or gumyam oolong tea. We don't say oolong uh. and or Iron Goddess. It is because I want our own team, of which only a forty percent of our team is Asian, sixty percent are not. We want them to train our our team members and the public to say. You know, it's like saying, say your, say my Asian name, not the anglicized name. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say it the way it should be said. Yeah. So that's also why I want to say, well, uh, boba, right? Because yeah. I, I, I want them to say, <laughs> say boba, say boba, or say tikunyam or tiguanyam. So to me, I think it's like a little bit of a nod to, we say we Trojan horse culture. Yeah. I just want to see like some hipster saying, can I get it? And <laughs> it like, doesn't matter how, how do he it. pronounces it at least it's trying yeah, yeah, yeah it's the effort it's the effort it's like when like fa not fo yeah yeah you know it's like yeah. there is a right way of saying it but still someone's putting the effort to try to say it's, it to exactly. try to try the cuisine exactly. it's like read a subtitle right oh, yeah. get used to reading foreign languages please you know Just growing up on it. the east coast though i feel like when we were kids yeah it was predominantly called bubble tea here in so i always grew up thinking it was what? an east coast west yeah, coast actually, kind yeah. of thing 
It is. Maybe only over the past 10, 15 years or so, I've seen boba overtake bubble tea. Yeah. I've noticed my own personal switch from saying bubble tea to boba now. That's Yay! True. Yeah, we did. I'm going to high five. Uh, I'm still <laughs> Team Simu, though. Team Simu. <laughs> oh, I let him. Oh, man. Yeah, him, you know. I'm not making any friends today. <laughs> Let's go well, Mets, though. Uh, you know who is also on this train? I think I think uh, Phil from Wong Fu is also Boba because he's West Coast. So. Yeah. so I think he and I are both pushing the word Boba. So I know. Uh, Simu needs a little bit of a... <laughs> he won't... He, by the way, is too big. He won't listen to my interviews anymore. Uh uh-huh. He he's he's got he's too busy. So I'm gonna just troll him a little bit and say, you know, he um, he's great at a lot of things. Uh, he does no boba. That's a, that's a good start. You know, I was looking for a clip to take out, so this is gonna be a clip. Please continue, Andrew. Please <laughs> yes, continue. Yes, yes. He's good in some I things. I think he's not a boba. He's a boba efficient. I don't know if he's a he's a boba enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Not an expert. Okay. I'm not gonna try to act. He makes fun of when I do accents. He said it has a. I had tried to do a, like an Australian or a German accent when we were playing games one time, and he kind of yeah, made uh-huh. fun of me. I remember this. He, I don't even think I caught him, called it out. But I'm like, well, you gotta like stick to what you know, bro. So, <laughs> Yo, shots fired. And just tell him to stay in his lane. <laughs> I'm not invited to his next party. Not <laughs> stay with the acting thing. That's where oh, we're, we're all shit. worst Asians. This is the worst. The worst Asians are when we have to stay unified for the diaspora. Exactly. Um, but behind the scenes, we, we have secret. Uh, secret trolling. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite boba drink? Ooh, great question. I'm sure that changes from week to week or so, but what's your current favorite uh, boba drink? It changes not just week to week, it changes where. So I have my favorite boba shops and the drinks per shop because I love going to, I love, my grew up on this place called Wonderful Foods in Irving in San Francisco. That, I love their, just, their, their traditional black milk tea. Uh, they have a really different kind of syrup type that I kind of I'm familiar with, but most people can't realize that their their sweetener is is very unique to them. I love them. Aqua Club in San Bruno in the Bay Area is really amazing. I love Happy Lemons Cheese Tea. They're a chain, but I love their sweet cheese tea. Oh, cheese tea, yeah, I've had that's good. Seven Leaves. I love their mung bean. We know them pretty well. The Wynn family, Ha Sunny, who run it. Uh, the mung bean, I'm addicted to. Uh, Boba guys, I like our uh, hojicha. I like our Dirty banana milk. Yo, everything you guys are just talking about right now, I'm like, I could really use one right now. <laughs> You're in a diet, but you gotta know, just hold yourself back just for a couple more months. Uh, you, you boys don't, you probably still have some metabolism. <laughs> no, so dude. I gotta watch no, dude, not definitely. Do you want Ben to stand up for you and show him? Yeah, you're gonna. I don't want to send your eyeballs, man. <laughs> Trust me. What, what do they call it? I have a radio face, a radio body. What do they oh. call it? <laughs> We've got the same thing, too. We got faces made for podcasting. Yes. Audio yes. format only podcast exactly. podcasting. Not even go. the Joe Rogan video podcasting. <laughs> we have audio <laughs> format only faces. Give your we should give ourselves some credit. Yeah. If you had someone that's never tried boba before, which at, at this point mm-hmm. seems very unlikely, but let's just say some Martian came over and they never tried boba tea. What's the first drink that you're gonna try? Knowing nothing about their palate. Mm. I would generally still recommend black milk tea because most people have had English breakfast milk tea in some sort or chai. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of in that profile, very kind of innocent, neutral tasting. Doesn't shock them. I think strawberry matcha latte that we're known for or banana milk, it kind of is a strong flavor for some people. And you want them to concentrate on kind of the flavor be neutral and the texture be the difference because that's usually where people find that they're not used to that. Mm. Sorry, I'm controlling the variables, which is a very kind of like nerdy thing to say. I'm literally just picturing myself drinking it. That's all I'm doing right now. My bad. I just spaced the fuck out. My bad, dude. I was just like, yo, that sounds fucking good actually right now. You know, like there are so many boba concoctions these days. Don't take this personally. At what point does it stop becoming boba and it becomes some kind of weird Frankenstein Frappuccino Starbucks thing? Dude, that is the real question. So I I love that because you're catching the nuance. You know, I say this, you know, this is for the for the white podcast. <laughs> so I said this uh, we were just like talking to some some guys. They wrote this Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit's like this magazine for like mainstream quote unquote. You know, let's, let's just say they kind of like have their issues themselves, right? And they kind of talk about the bobification they do, yes. of yes, they do. of of the US. And I literally was telling we know some of the writers because they covered us before is like Yo, like, don't you realize the future of cafes, the whole industry is this merging. If you actually took a plane and just landed in Shanghai or Taiwan or Singapore or Bangkok or even Korea, if you go to a cafe there, those drinks are 
almost like mocktails. They're like caf- They're like coffee, matcha, yeah. uh, butterfly yeah. tea. Um, you know, what people say is like, we just ultimately forget that most of these trends and innovation things, because we're so kind of like Eurocentric in the you know Western world, that these innovations are, they're already here, but in Asia, the cafes in Korea and Seoul and Taipei and Shanghai, they're this merge of Frappuccino worlds and boba and yeah. smoothies and, dessert and these spots, cafes. Right? Yeah. So I just think we're behind. It's weird when you see then the American publications write about it. They're like, oh, like Starbucks is now carrying things that boba shops carry. I'm like, uh, actually, more like Starbucks is just trying to catch up to what Starbucks Asia is doing. Starbucks Asia has boba. They have, right. they have jellies. Yeah. Does that mean when you start seeing Starbucks USA start serving actual boba, tapioca pros and whatnot, that that's when it's really hit the mainstream? Is that a Well, AA just recently... Thing? Well, Peace Coffee just did jelly recently, and that was the article that went viral, and they got canceled for it, actually. Oh, wow. You want to oh, – I'll give you an exclusive. I'll be the worst Asian here because um, Pete's Coffee, you guys have that chain out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Pete's Coffee, they introduced jelly, and then there was a writer in SF Chronicle that Soleil, who we do know, yeah. wrote about how they kind of appropriate it because they didn't even Ooh. give credit to that. It was a boba-style drink. They didn't even say Taiwanese or boba. They just said jellies, and it was kind of like – what do we say now? Colonizers, right? Which I think, in my opinion, here's my real take. Pete's Coffee, and we talked to them for 18 months. So they knew better. I literally was on a call with... Consulting work for them? There, We almost collabed. Oh, we almost did a collab. over a year. Yeah. And a lot of things happened. We couldn't figure out the economics. But I remember saying this. It was so funny. I said... I mean, this whole thing is a real exclusive. But I remember saying on the call, I said... It's like the third call. I said... I don't mean this in any way that's disrespectful because what you guys have built, Alfred Pete, who started Pete's, is someone I've always looked up to. Yeah. What I do find interesting is that if you were to try boba or jellies or whatever you guys want to call toppings in your Pete's, which I think will do well because they have Fredo's and these these kind of Fresca drinks. Yeah. I think if you don't talk about where the origin is from and get a tribute where the culture is from, you might run into trouble and you're going to need a cosign. And we happen to be someone who can help you with that narrative. Mm-hmm. And I'm just afraid that if you just launch it without anybody's cosign, you're going to look like it's just going to look weird. And I'm very careful. It's like a culture vulture. Yeah. Even right now, we play with some things that are considered Latin American or Latinx and South American. And we're very, we always try to say where it's from. We're not trying to steal it. Yeah. Try to, you know. Give it the flowers. You know, you're giving them the flowers. Yes. So that's the real story. So I have not said this in public. And hopefully when this comes out, I might allude to it more, but like, I, I would the day the article went viral. Yeah, like reporters called. They're like, you know, what is your take? I know you usually have a take on this. What I wanted to tell reporters, but usually they would come just do a soundbite, which is why I'm telling you guys as a podcast mm-hmm. is that the real true story. I have receipts. I have the emails. You know, they actually we were talking for almost over a year, and um, so they knew better. They knew better. Exactly. I would say. I don't think they were intentionally malicious. I just think it played out the way it is. I think if they had a little bit more of a healthier conversation about culture in their marketing team, they probably would have story told it better. And I think one hand wasn't talking to another. Yeah, exactly. You know, someone yeah. wasn't passing the message along. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It clearly yeah. would have made more sense if they did what you were talking about, though. Yeah, it is what it is. Things do happen, and it's a learning experience for them and for other people in the same industry as well. I did reach out to them, so I said, "Hey, it's Andrew from Boba Guys. I'm sure you know that I know what happened." Uh, I congratulations on the launch. And yeah. so they haven't replied just yet because I just sent out the email. But here's the deal. If you grow kind of the, the category and you get people used to drinking with toppings, on the whole, I think that's a win for the whole industry. For sure. Just next next time, just story tell a little bit more authentically and then apologize. You know, like I've had to apologize for stuff and it, it sucks, but you got to do it. You know, when you fuck up, you got to apologize. Yep, exactly. I want to wrap this up with one quick segment. It's a segment called Ranting and Raving. We do it at the end of every single podcast. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Here's where I get in trouble. I get in trouble here. It's fine. It's fine. It's called Ranting and Raving, but we almost never rave. We basically bitch about lots and lots of different things. (laughs) I guess I'll start things off. I hate the fact that when I talk to people via text, that there is no way for me to tell them my emotion. Like, for instance, sarcasm does not fucking work via text. You cannot... Oh, no, it does not. There are so many times, especially now that I'm networking with more people, you know, via emails or DMs or messages and stuff that I always catch myself sending something and I reread it and I think, 
this doesn't sound good. Time to add an emoji that makes more sense. Yeah, yo, that's true. That's true. I actually had a similar situation where I was talking to this chick, and she was like, "Oh, I just quit my job," and she's like, "Yeah, so I got extra time on my hand." So I thought it was like, "Hey, that's awesome. Go for it." But she read it with sarcasm, right? I... So she's like, "Oh, thanks for being a dick, <laughs> asshole." I'm like, "What the?" F-? I was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm genuinely like, yeah, yo, yeah. you just have a break. You're working your ass off. You need to step up your emoji game." Yes, yeah, yes. You gotta do something. You're right. <laughs> you have anything, Andrew, or should I pass it to Ben first? All right, no, I, Ben, you go because I, I gotta warm up to this. I don't want my agent to get yell at me again. Yeah, <laughs> what do you ben, got, Ben? Go. What do you got? What do you got? So I'm six two, right? So yes. I'm very conscious of whenever whenever I'm on the train. I just hate people that just take up the whole fucking row of seats. But I love being the guy to be like, hey, man, can I uh, scoot in here? And uh, yes, the next You year. like scooting in when there's <laughs> I, not enough space? I, I love making, I will make that person uncomfortable just to be like, that's what you get. Wait a second, wait a I'm second. I'm being petty. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. You're just being an asshole on purpose. Yeah, because they're like, yo. They're, you're talking about like people who have the wide leg syndrome. They call it man spreading, right? Man spreading, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, if you have someone that's man spreading, I think it's okay for you to be the person to uncomfortably shove yourself in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also, airplanes, I always try to, you know, I try to be respectful. Well, airplanes, you're always, yeah. you have your own seat and then no, that's dude, that. I, it's not big enough, but yes. No, <laughs> I feel like it's a battle. You're, you're, you're playing this game. It's a long flight and you're Thank like, you. Are, are, you on the, are you on the front of the arm? Or oh back my God. Arm? Yo, and if, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. if they have hairy arms and you were both wearing t-shirts, oh my God. Oh, I know, I know. It's and then you want to. It's like a game of exactly. chicken. Like, who cu- feels uncomfortable yeah. first? It's cuddling. <laughs> you're basically spooning at that point yeah how about you Andrew do you have anything Any, that anything. your agent is not gonna <laughs> too yes. upset at yes I generally don't like people who well this is actually it sounds serious but I actually think it's I have a pet peeve where people don't say how, what they mean mm, okay if you're gonna say like you like it you like it if you don't you don't right. or they kind of have these weird things where it's like these mixed signals like guys and girls like in love it's that way it, uh-huh. it, business is that way i'm like you didn't like it just tell me and i'm like dude you're sending mixed signals so then i was writing about this uh academically <laughs> if you looked on my instagram academically on instagram okay <laughs> those two words don't work together but sure <laughs> that is true it was a little bit of a teaching moment it was this uh japanese set of terms called han hone right hone means one's true feelings and then the opposite of that is tatame which is your face it's holding back so that you can be agreeable and I'm I just do. like, I don't think I got much tatame in me. To me, if I would rather create disharmony and, and say how I really feel yeah. and kind of like hold it in and then like fake it and then only find out later that it wasn't true or whatever. To me, I'm like, yo, if you didn't like it. Yeah, say so, right? Yeah, just say it. And to me, that's kind of like it. So I, I'm not really, this is where we're very not Asian. I'm like, I'm not into saving face anymore. I'm just too old. And, dude, um, oh my god, dude! Yes, I, yes. I was gonna say, I was like, I'm too old for this shit. I gotta just this is how it is, man. We can end this part by saying we all can say fuck saving face. There we go. Yeah, yeah fuck saving face. Yes. I know it's too much hassle. Yeah, it's too much hassle just to deal with all the time. Yeah, I tell people if you're gonna go on your first date, fart in front of them on their first date. You know, like let's see what the that's, that that'll tell you something about someone more than anything. These that's are pro dating tips from Andrew. There we go. Yeah, if this doesn't <laughs> get you married, then please go complain to him. She's not the one. <laughs> She's yeah. for the streets. All right, nice, Andrew, nice, um, nice. it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I really appreciate it all the time. This has been a much more candid conversation than, Yo, I, for real. than, than I expected from you, but that, yeah. that says a lot about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where can the internet and the people cyberstalk you? Yes. Cool. If you love me and love what I say, you can follow me at Chameleon, which is my last name, C-H-A-U, but Chameleon, um, or Boba Guys, Instagram, or all the socials. If you don't like me, follow me at Simulu, S-I-M-U-L-U. <laughs> Please report me uh, and, and report spam. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. God. Shots fucking fired, yo. Uh, blah, blah, <laughs> yo. Oh, my God. You can find Ben and I on all the social medias at Worst Asian Pod. That's oh, Worst Asian Pod on every shit. single platform. Visit Pod. You can find links to all the podcasts, all the socials, everything there. Dang. I'll have all of Andrew's information, Boba Guy's information down and, in the description box below. Guys. And see lose as well. And see lose, of course. Of oh, course. Yo, yeah. You know, speaking of the Mets, I was going to say. Don't cancel our hero. He's a hero. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking I'm, of the Mets, look, look at Linji's fucking mug. Yeah. Yeah, look at this guy. Oh, shoot. Go Mets. That's a great way. We'll see. Second half. Let's get, let's go to the series this year. I think we got all the pieces. Imagine the Subway series again. 
Oh my! It might be knock on we some wood. Knock on Soto, some wood. Soto, you know that All Star game. Like that was funny trying to get Soto on our team. Well, at least we we'll have the money Soto. to get Soto now, so it's Yo, all yeah. Holy yeah. shit! All right, Andrew, we won't hold you for too long, dude. Seriously, you the fucking man, bro. For real, dude. No, you guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. This was really fun. Really, All right, really thanks, fun. Man. Thank you, man. We will bother you in some other way sometime in the future, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Mets game on me. Oh, oh yeah. I'll be so fucking down. I'm that, still man. recording this, so when we're in the World Series, I'm going to send this clip to you, okay? <laughs> when we're in the I'll World Series. We'll do that. We'll do that. If you go to World Series, we'll all go to World Series. All right, man. Andrew, Yo, take it man. easy, all right? See you guys. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy. Bye. Have a good weekend. Peace.